Oop -a -doo 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 -doo. Hello, this is Reading with Finest. I'm Finest. I'm reading Franz Kafka short stories. Uh, follow me at Everything's Just Fine on Instagram. Just my illustrations. Uh, today's story is Elvin Sons. We're going to jump right into it because it's a long story. You know how I hate those. All right. <clears throat> oh, I'm so sorry. It's called Eleven Sons, not Elvin Sons. Wait. Yes, eleven. Okay, here we are. I have eleven sons. The first is outwardly very plain but serious and clever. Yet, although I love him and <clears throat> as I love all my children, I do not rate him very highly his mental process seems to be to me to be too simple he looks neither to the right nor to the left nor into the fair distance he runs around all the time or rather revolves within his own little circle of thoughts the second is handsome slim well made one draws one's breath with delight to watch him with a fencing fo uh, foil <clears throat> he is uh, clever too but he but has expense has experience of the world as well. He has seen much, and therefore even our native country seems to yield more secrets to him than to the to the stay at home. Yet I am sure that this adv advantage is not only and not even essentially due to his travels. It is rather an attribute of his own inevitable nature, which is. Acknowledged, for instance, by everyone who has ever tried to copy him in, let us say, the fancy high drive he does into the water, uh, somersaulting several times over, yet with almost violent self-control, to the very end of the springboard, the emulator keeps up his courage and his desires to follow. But at that point, instead of leaping into the air, he sits down suddenly and lifts his arms in excuse. And despite all this, I ought to really, I ought really to feel blessed with such a son. My attachment to him is not untroubled. His left eye is a little smaller than his right eye, right, and blinks a good deal. Only a small fault, certainly, and one which even leads more audacity to his face than it would otherwise have have nor considering his unapproachable self self sufficiency would anyone think of noticing and finding fault with this smaller eye and the way it blinks yet i his father do so of course it is not the physical blemish that worries me but the small irregular irregularities of the spirit that somehow corresponds to it a kind of stray poison in the blood, a kind of inability to develop to the full the potential potentialities of his nature, which I alone can see. On the other hand, this is just what makes him again my own true son, for this fault of his is a fault of our whole family, and in him it is only too apparent. My third son is handsome too, but not in the not in a way that I appreciate. He has the good looks of a singer, the curving lips, the dreaming eyes, the kind of head that acts for drapery behind it to make it effective. The two deeply arched chest hands that are quick to fly up and much too quick to fall limp. Legs that move delicately because they cannot support a weight. And besides, 
the tone of his voice is not round and full. It takes you in for a moment. The connoisseur perks up his ears, but almost at once it breathes, it breathe, its breath gives out. Although in general everything tempts me to bring this son of mine into the limelight, I prefer to keep him in the background. He himself is not insistent, yet not because he is aware of his shortcomings, but out of innocence. Moreover, he does not feel at home in our age, as he as if he admitted belonging to our family, yet knew that he belonged also to another, which he has lost forever. He is often melancholy and nothing cheer, can cheer him up. My fourth son is perhaps the most companionable of all. A true child of his age, he is understood by everyone. He stands on what is common ground to all men, and everyone feels inclined to give him a nod. Perhaps this universal appreciation is what makes his nature rather facile, his movements rather free, his judgments rather unconcerned. Many of his remarks are worth quoting over and over again, but by no means all of them, for by and large, his extreme fallacy uh, becomes irritating. He is like a man who makes a wonderful takeoff form from the ground, cleaves the air like a swallow, and after all, comes down helplessly in a de desert waste, a nothing. Such reflections gall me when I look at him. My fifth son is is kind and good, promised less than he performed, used to be so insignificant that one literally felt alone in his presence, but has achieved a certain reputation. If I were asked how this came about, I could hardly tell you. Perhaps an innocence makes its way makes its way easiest through the element element chaos of this world. An innocent he certainly is, perhaps too innocent. Friendly to everyone, perhaps too friendly. I confess, I don't feel comfortable when I hear him praise. It seems to to make praise rather too cheap to bestow it on anyone so obviously praiseworthy as the son of mine. As the son of mine, <clears throat> my sixth son seems, at first glance, anyhow, the most thoughtful of all. He is given to hanging his head, and yet he is a great talker. So he is not easy to get at. If he is on the downgrade, he falls into impenetrable melancholy. If he is in the ascendant, he maintains his advantage by sheer talk. Yet I grant him a certain self-forgetful passion, passionate absorption. In the full light of day, he often fights his way through a tangle of thoughts as if in a dream. Without being ill, his health, on the contrary, is very good. He sometimes staggers, especially in the twilight, but he needs no help. He never falls. Perhaps his physical growth is the cause of this phenomenon. He is much too tall for his age. That makes him look ugly in general. Although he is remarkably beauty, he's a remarkable beauty. In detail, in hands and feet, for instance, his forehead, too is ugly. Both his skin and his bone formation are somehow arrested in their development. The seventh son belongs to me perhaps more than all the others. The world would not know how to appreciate him. It does not understand how his peculiar brand of wit. I do not overvalue him. I know he is 
of little enough importance if the world had no other fault than that of not appreciating him it would still be blameless but within the family circle i should not care to be without this son of mine he contributes a certain restlessness as well as a reverence for a tradition and combines them both at least that is how i feel into an in inconstable whole true he knows less than anyone what to do with this achievement the wheel of the future will never be started rolling by him but his disposition is so stimulating so rich in hope i wish that he had children and children's children unfortunately he does not seem inclined to fulfill my wish with a self-satisfaction what i understand as much as i deplore and which stands in magnificent magnificent contrast to the verdict of the world he goes everywhere alone pays no attention to girls and yet he and yet will never lose his good humor my eighth son is my child of sorrow and i do not really know why he keeps me at a distance and yet i feel a close parental tie binding me to him time has done much to let lessen the pain but once i used often to tremble at the mere thought of him he goes his own way he has broken off all communication with me and certainly with his with his hard head his small athletic body only his legs were rather frail when he was a boy but perhaps that was meanwhile right at itself he will make a success of anything he chooses many many a time i used to want to call him back to ask him how things really were with him why he cut himself off so completely from his father and what his fundamental purpose was in life but now he is so far away and so much time has passed that things had better stay as they are i hear that he is the only one of my sons to grow a full beard that cannot look well of course on a man so small as he <laughs> of course on a man so small as he all right. Uh, my ninth son is very elegant and has what women consider a a definitely melting eye. So melting that there are occasions when he can cowgel even me, coggle, coggle even me. Although I know that a wet sponge is literally enough to wipe away all the unearthly brilliance, but the curious thing about the boy is that he makes no attempt to be seductive. He would be content to spend his life laying on the sofa and wasting his glances on the ceiling, or still better, keeping them to himself under his eyelids. When he is laying in this favorite position, he enjoys talking and takes and talks quiet and, take, and talks quite well, consciously. Um, and pittedly, but still only within narrow limits. Once he oversteps these, which he cannot avoid doing since they are so narrow, what he says is quite empty. One would sign, one would sign him to stop if one had any hope that such slumberous eyes were even aware of the jester. <laughs> <coughs> My tenth son is supposed to be an insincere character. I shall not entirely deny or confirm this suspicion. Certainly anyone who sees him approaching with the pomposity of a man twice his age in a frock coat, always tightly buttoned, and an old but meticulously brushed black hat 
with an expressionless, expressionless face, slightly jutting chin, protruding eyelids that masks the light behind them, two fingers very often at his lips. Anyone seeing him thus is bond, bound to think, what an utter hypoc hypocrite. But then just listen to him talking with understanding, thoughtful, briskly cutting across questions with strictly with wait oh with satirical vivacity vivacity in complete accord with the universe in accord that is surprising natural and gay in accordant that of necessary necessity of necessity straightness the neck and makes the body proud many who think themselves very clever and for this reason as they fancy felt a dislike for his outward appearance have become strongly attached to him because of his conversation. There are other people, again, who are unaffected by his appearance, but who find his conversations hypocritical. I begin, his, I being his father, will not pronounce a verdict, but I must admit that the latter critics are at least to be, are at least to be taken more seriously than the former. So the first one, which is, uh, there are people, again, who are unaffected by his appearance, but who find his conversation hypocritical. Uh, yeah, the other people, the other people, again, who are unaffected by his appearance, but who find his conversation hypocritical. Huh. My 11th son is delicate, probably the frailest of, all, of my sons, but deceptive in his weakness for at times he can be strong and resolute though even then there is somehow always an underlying weakness yet it is not a weakness to be ashamed of merely something that appears as a weakness only on the solid earth of ours for instance is not a readiness for flight a kind of weakness too since it consists in a wavering and unsteadiness a fluttering something of that nature Criti uh, characterizes my son. The these are not, of course, the characteristics to rejoice a father. They tend, obviously, to destroy a family. Sometimes he looks at me as if he would say, I shall take you with me, father. Then I think you are the last person I would trust myself to. And again, his looks seem to, <laughs> and again, his look seems to say, then let me at least the last. These are my 11 sons. Let me be at least the last. Okay, that was the end of that story. Pretty long. Eleven kids. They all had like commonalities. They're all pretty, you know. I guess kind of they had positive and negative. They were people. They were sons of this guy who was a father. Uh, it was pretty interesting. This is like the second story that I've seen Kafka do where he lists a lot of things. But I, I will say he does a really good job and it's so detailed and there's so much differences. Like you think about how hard it is to make if you were writing or describing 11 people how hard it would to do to like not make them the same you know like like i think he did a good job of making all of them really different um and i appreciate that that's a good skill you try to do that today look at 11 things and see how you can describe those things differently without using the same word that'd be pretty cool uh all right Get ready for work. But well, thank you for listening. Uh, this was Reading with Finest. Have a good day, y'all.